0: Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman. Really excited for today's episode, and I should say I'm always excited for today's episode. But uh, today we've got Harrison Avigdor, coordinator of USA Basketball at the NBA's league office, and uh, we're ready to talk some ball uh, on and off the court. Harrison, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jake. Good to be with you. So basketball is not uh unfamiliar to you given that you went to Syracuse for for school. I mean, they got a pretty decent basketball program. I'd have to imagine you you spent some time uh uh what is it the Carrier Carrier Dome? What's Yeah, we got it. The Carrier Dome. Um with no air conditioning
1: in it anymore. <laughs> so that's a, another ironic story maybe for another day.
0: Yeah. But give us kind of a, a GPS, as Andy would say, uh, to to how you got to the league office and, and how you got to your role working with USA Basketball uh, at the league office.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, for me, um, you know, like probably many other people um, in the industry or in the programs kind of leading into the sports industry, um, I had kind of played um, sports in high school and club basketball, mainly, um, kind of growing up. So I'd always been around sports and, um, I hit hit the point around my junior year of high school that many people hit at different times realizing, um, you know, I'm, I'm not six feet, I'm not going to be athletic enough and I'm probably not going to make, uh, an impact on the court. Um, and that was right around the time where I wanted to start looking at kind of careers and where I wanted to go to school. Um, so for me, that's kind of the that was a turning point, um, and I started looking into more of the business side of it and learning what that's all about. Um, you know, always was into into journalism, um, which is you know maybe a big draw for me. Um, going to Syracuse was you know they had a great communication school, and thinking about some of the great broadcasters that are out there. You know, Bob Costas, Mike Tarico, and a lot of Syracuse alums. Um, so that was kind of my first entry point, I would say, into the industry and. You know, once I kind of hit that point, I started learning more about all the other aspects in terms of, you know, sales, sponsorship, activation, you know, broadcast, like so many other parts of the business um, that were new to me, you know, never had, you know, anyone, you know, no friend or real family member um, too close to the industry. So that's kind of, you know, the learning process and um, ended up going to Syracuse University from from Arizona Um, headed out there just for the program specifically and and dedicate myself to um, finding a way you know I knew I liked business um, I knew I was interested in sports and and I kind of just recently learned about the opportunity to combine those two things so um, so that's kind of how I ended up going to Syracuse and never knew where Syracuse was on the map until I applied um just heard about the basketball team, like you mentioned um so you know it was fun to kind of get out there and um yeah, not you know really i guess where it started in terms of getting immersed um you know learning the the different programs and internships that were out there um so i can I can dive in a little bit in terms of my you know my experience at Syracuse and my internships if if that works.
0: Yeah, I will say my, my first introduction to the Cuse, uh, as they say, and uh, the Orange, was I somehow ended up with a re- reversible uh, Carmelo Anthony Orange uh, and USA Basketball jersey when I was a kid. Uh, that's I how that. I first learned of Syracuse. And then I learned of Syracuse again when uh, I co-authored a book in, with Rick Burton, who happens to be one of the professors at the Falk program in which you went to. So small world, right?
1: Small world, you know, both, uh, you know, if, if we were playing the same sports, we probably would have, would have connected in high school playing sports against each other in Arizona too. <laughs> that's true. That's um, true. Always, yeah. you know, being from Tucson, always losing to the, to, to Phoenix and the bigger city uh, schools. So um, after a good regular season, we would, would head up to either Phoenix or Scottsdale area and, and usually, you know, come, come back with a loss. So that's, you know, maybe another part of the reason I switched into sports. Um, but yeah, Rick Burden's, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll touch on him um, kind of as I go through here, but he's, uh, you know, probably an integral part of um, kind of connecting me, you know, being a mentor and kind of connecting the pieces, um, you know, and figuring out my career.
0: And, you know, you you took advantage of some opportunities while you were in school to then set yourself up for what you're doing now. Um, talk a little bit about the internships you had, not only at the Suns, but then the league office and the ability to utilize those experiences and, and parlay it into uh, what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, from, from day one at Syracuse, that that first sport management class you've got um, that's, you know, kind of the first lesson they, they start going into is how important inter- internships are going to be um, and just connecting with people, um, you know, in the industry and learning what they, what they do. So, um, you know, starting, starting um that first class at Syracuse I kind of just took it upon myself um really you know like many many students out there um you know didn't know didn't know people in in sport organizations didn't really know what was going on um so I just kind of started reaching out to people um and and just learning about their jobs um kind of throughout the year so that was kind of an ongoing project of mine I would say um, at school and then coming, coming after my sophomore year. So that, that summer after sophomore year, um, you know, I always had a feeling just being around basketball, I wanted to work in basketball if I could, but, you know, I had a very wide net at the time, um, you know, I was, would take really any job. Um, but yeah, I was kind of connected through, through a family friend, um, that was married, that married a guy that was working at the Suns at the time. Um, that essentially just connected me with them, um, and set up some time and put in an application, um, and, you know, just had a good interview process with them. And, and was kind of lucky, cause he said, you know, we don't, we don't typically look at students outside of, you know, the Arizona, Arizona state, um, network, um, but had a great experience with them doing ticket sales, which, you know, I think is an entry point for, for so many people getting into the industry. It's, a an, another thing that was kind of preached to you at Syracuse is, you know, be ready to kind of do any job, um, you know, whether it's minor leagues, it's ticket sales. So um, really just got started there and was, you know, with not too much experience behind me, was fortunate to, to get a really good experience in terms of selling, you know, not only tickets, but just learning kind of the selling process of, you know, selling yourself in an interview, um, you know, selling yourself in a business meeting or whatever it was. Um, and, and kind of at the time at the Suns helped me, kind of parlay into that next internship following summer with the NBA league office. Um, so the group I worked with at the NBA, um, it's a group called Teambo um, for short, but Team Marketing and Business Operations. Um, and they really focused just on consulting, essentially all of the NBA, WNBA, G League, and now um, 2K League teams. Um, so when I was at the Suns, we had a couple of folks from the league office, you know, they kind of come down, um, every once in a while, the h t market and and sat into some meetings with them um, as they kind of just you know looked across this the sun sales business and the mercury sales business at the time um, and you know just kind of a fly on the wall sitting you know as many interns do kind of just in the back with my notepad, kind of writing everything down, but it was you know just fascinating to kind of see how they kind of came into a market with with all this data and and best practices across the league. Um, So that next summer, you know, after my junior year, um, I kind of reached out to uh, um, some Syracuse alumni at the NBA and told them I was interested in that group Um, and you know, definitely some fortune and good luck as well. But, um, you know, was able to get connected and do an internship with that group to kind of see the other side of, you know, after having worked for a team, um, going to the league side and kind of seeing the differences between the two. Um, So, you know, two very interesting experiences for me. Um, and then and kind of the last one that I had while I was in school was um, what they call for for Syracuse a a capstone um, project or a capstone experience which is essentially one semester of your senior year you kind of get to pick um, but you go and work full-time for for some kind of sport or an entertainment organization um, kind of in lieu of classes so um, my last semester of of college. I was actually in LA um, with another two buddies of mine that were doing the same thing, the same program. Um, And I was at Creative Art, Creative Artist Agency, um, more on the endorsement player representation side. Um, So again, you know, three different experiences, really different parts of the business. But, um, you know, as I went along, I kind of just, you know, figured, you know, I had gotten advice, you know, as I was going that, you know, once you're in the industry and you're doing, let's say, marketing for five years, people are going to start thinking, you know, you're, you know, that's your thing. You're, you know, a marketer um, and the time to really, you know, experiment, and figure out what you want to do is during these internships. So, you know, when you're in a role, you know, you're in a sales role, you should still learn about everything else that's going on. Um, and, you know, so I kind of took that um to heart and, and did that with every position and, and just got a very wide range of experiences that were all, you know, interesting and great in their own right. And I would say, you know, they all still kinda help me in what I do now.
0: Yeah, no, I I admire, you know, kind of your, your start to your career as as it's been similar to mine and trying to get a lot, you know, just a ton of different diverse experiences, going from sport to sport, area of the country to area of the country. I mean, you were you mentioned you grew up in Arizona, then went to you know, upstate New York, and then out to LA. And then now you're in the big, big apple in the city, and um, just a bunch of different cultures, experiences, and and people to learn from, right, of of all different walks of life. And when you think about how you ended up in each position, you know, I would say, it's just listening to it, it sounds like initiative was a huge factor of it, right? You mentioned, because you start, you, everyone starts somewhere, right? You you know, you mentioned you had a family friend who somehow was some, some way connected, right? And, and you know, you do a little digging to find that or it somehow, um, you know, pops up in your face. But if you don't take advantage of it, it's worth nothing. And so when you think about the advice you give to others about how do you, you know, just get started, right? It, it can seem daunting uh, and fearful to reach out to people. Um, it may not be someone's first Uh, inclination or thing that they want to do or feel comfortable doing. But from an initiative perspective, um, you know, you mentioned good luck, like having being prepared for the opportunity and also showing initiative uh, can sometimes turn out in your favor. um, And it only takes one, right. It only takes one opportunity, which then, you know, hopefully helps lead to another one, to another one, to another one. Um, So with that said, Bring bring us up to speed with you know what you're doing now in New York City, um, you know working with with USA Basketball, and you'll do a much better job of explaining it than I will, obviously. So uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, yeah, and I would say you know to your kind of good luck and fortune point as well is you know you'll you'll just inherently be more lucky the more you know doors you open, the more contacts you have in the industry. So you know when you have you know, 10 doors open, you know, I'm not, a am not a betting man, but you're more likely to get one than if you only have, you know, your one contact, um, in the industry there to help you. So it's, it is good to, to get a broad reach. Um, and, and that, that definitely helped me get to, to where I am now. And, and yeah, so what, what I do now, um, it's always, I think tough to explain, um, you know, kind of changes by the day it almost feels like, but, um, I sit, in the NBA league office in New York um, and essentially represent USA basketball from um, a commercial, a commercialization standpoint. Um, so any revenue generating opportunity, um, any business side of what USA basketball does, um, we at the league office represent. Um, so we're kind of hired on as their sales and marketing agencies. That's probably the easiest way to put it. Um, and, you know, we have a host of other people, whether it be in, um, you know, our new business teams, our partnership management teams, you know, the NBA is such a big organization that we can kind of leverage a lot of those resources um, to help grow the USA basketball business and their brand, um, which is why, you know, it's, it's such a great connection and partnership between the NBA and USA basketball, um, you know, ultimately wanting to grow the game of basketball, um, So what myself um, and the team of two, so myself and my manager do day in and day out is really we're just the two people that are 100% focused on growing the USA Basketball brand. Um, So a lot of the times it's just being a liaison to USA Basketball who's headquartered in Colorado Springs along with the U.S. Olympic Committee. Um, So we're working with them and we really manage that relationship um, and make sure that, you know, we're getting across, you know, what they want. Um, and, you know, we're seeing the brand the same way they are. Um, so the folks in Colorado Springs will will handle more so the, you know, the basketball ops logistics side of it. Um, so you think of fielding the Olympic team, making sure we win gold. Like those are the types of things they'll focus on um, in Colorado Springs. Whereas in the league office, we're making sure, you know, the games are available on ESPN or NBC for people ahead of the Olympics. You know, we're, we're generating revenue, um, you know, leading up to, to the Olympics or a world cup, right. We're creating these exhibition games to give, to give the team some training, right. Like these are, you know, guys and and women that are, you know, playing on on their respective NBA and WNBA teams. Um, and then they kind of come together within, you know, three, four weeks, um, to practice, to get to know each other, and then they're going to these big competitions. Um, so we're creating games and just monetizing. You know, a lot of my time is spent on sponsorship and, and marketing those games. Um, so we're just kind of driving the business, um, kind of day in and
0: day out. When you mention USA Basketball, the first thing that comes to mind for probably most people is the Dream Team or the Olympics, right? Like that is the the ultimate thought behind. Um, what probably most consumers uh, think of when they hear it. But there's probably a lot more to it, just in the sense of uh, from a platform perspective, as you mentioned, right? And from a growing the game perspective, there is a huge you know, opportunity and initiative with being able to utilize that type of brand and platform to then grow the game further all around, not, not only the country, uh, but then the brand around the world as well. How how do you guys approach it from the league office perspective? You know, knowing that that you know the the Olympics are only every four years.
1: Right. Now that's a great question, um, and it's you know especially in these days in the coronavirus days, um, and you know all these sports schedules being adjusted, um, it, it creates an interesting. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know if predicament is the right word, but it puts it puts everyone in an interesting situation where, you know, until the dream team in 92, um, you know, NBA players weren't playing in these in these Olympics and these tournaments. And then, you know, the, the NBA along with USA Basketball wanted to grow it and get their professionals in there. Um, but now, you know, with, with the season potentially getting pushed back, you know, what does that mean for not just the US, but, you know, all these teams, um, all these countries, um, and, and participating in, in these big events, you know, not just the Olympics, but now, you know, the schedule is kind of adjusted for, for years moving forward. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different ways that, that USA basketball kind of grows, um, you know, it's branded basketball kind of around the world. Um, obviously Olympics, World Cup are, are the big ones, but, um, you know, there's a huge youth development program. Um, so it's really getting people in, the USA basketball system, you know, from, you know, when you start first start dribbling a basketball and, and learning the right ways and coaching the right ways. Um, So it's really just setting kind of a guidelines for, for basketball in the U S and, and a lot of, I would say, strategic partnerships with, um, you know, you think of FIBA, right. International basketball federation. um, And then of course, the Olympic committee in the U S and, and internationally. So there, there's kind of, you know, all these countries are, are doing, Um, you know, their work and growing the game within their, within their markets. But these partnerships and kind of just understanding of, you know, we want to grow the game, you know, worldwide. And obviously it's been a big initiative for the NBA. Um, You know, those partnerships kind of help drive what every country, what every federation is already doing.
0: When you think about the youth piece, uh, it's not something that everyone always thinks about too. When you think, you know, the NBA, everyone usually thinks about the teams, uh, the champion the the finals the playoffs you know the draft, whatever it might be you know the the upcoming players from college basketball, et cetera but yet you know the the women 's basketball team you know and the and the men 's basketball team both uh, you know having stars that play on it for sometimes twenty years right um whereas you know players go from team to team to team um Unlike you know some of the superstars and even the superstar switch teams, so when you have that uh, constant per se uh, from a player perspective and, and brand perspective, uh, what kind of advantages does does that present? Not only in a partnership landscape, but just um, being able to you know utilize the players and grow the mission over time. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I think more
1: so on the,
0: on the basketball
1: and and the culture of USA basketball side, that's, you know, so important. Um, You know, there's, there's always a focus to kind of reward or, you know, get, um, let's say a player like Sue Bird, right, in the system at an elite high school level. Um, But, you know, USA basketball is always looking to have, you know, their players kind of in their system for, you know, years and years, not just. You know, I've I've now made it, and I want to be on the Olympic team. It's you know hopefully part of it's I've been in the the system of USA Basketball, and you know had the, that coaching and stuff like that. So I think it you know kind of builds the culture, the the player culture and the team culture of you know obviously there's there's a sense of you know I want to want to play for my country. There's patriotism, um, but you know having kind of grown up within the system is is a huge. I, I would think benefit for kind of building that team and building the chemistry. Um, And it's, you know, for us on the business side, um, it, it, you know, it's always helpful, you know, kind of knowing, um, you know, knowing the people you're working with, you know, having that kind of USA basketball family and, and just having the familiarity, I think, you know, any, any business, right. The more comfortable, the more familiar you are with, um, you know, who you're working with or who you're working for, um, you know, usually creates better results.
0: Yeah, no doubt, and I and I think you know you can talk about USA Hockey, USA Baseball. I know those are two that come to mind that kind of do do it similarly, right? And in some of their youth programs and the teams and the competitions to try and create that culture uh, and the value on the business side as well as a, as a brand. Um, you know, when when you think about going kind of back to to your internships and the things that you learned and how that played into your transition, um, going to the league office from, you know, student and intern to ultimately full-time employee in the industry. Um, and then learning, learning the ropes, you know, once you got inside the league office as well, what's maybe one thing that, you know, you could provide some insights into for those who are either transitioning into that role for the first time, or, um, they're going from maybe they you know, one internship to another. I would say
1: um, you know, especially more at the entry level um perspective, right? Like I think internships are really all about learning to learn, right? Like you you're only exposed to so much as an intern, um, you know, to short period of time, but you know, you want to kind of learn, you know, how to to make those connections, you know, learn like I kind of alluded to earlier, right? More parts of the business than your exact internship you know, title, you know, includes. Um, So I think kind of all these experiences, you're just learning the business, learning maybe the bigger picture. Um, But for me, there is a ton, uh, you know, of what my role is. It's kind of a ton of kind of learning as you go, learning on the job. Um, But if you have that good um, understanding of, you know, obviously work ethic, but just how things work, right? Like how, you know, a project moves from point A to B, right? If you're learning that as an intern, it may seem kind of minor, but if, if you can kind of jump into your first job out of college, maybe somewhere where you interned and and you can kind of jump in right away and be a good culture fit and just understand the business, it makes it so much easier from from the company standpoint to kind of incorporate you and bring you into the fold. Um, and then you'll just kind of learn those things
0: on the way. How important, and I'm going to totally throw you a curveball, and in that you you moved from uh, arizona to go to the east coast where there's a lot of snow in syracuse do you have one tip on how to brave the first winter for those who maybe haven't done it
1: um it's funny i've you know all throughout my years at syracuse i was always always asked you know why why are you here essentially like why would you move from (laughs) arizona right so many people move from you know, Syracuse or New York, out to you know, University of Arizona or, or a warmer school. Um, so to this day, I don't have a great answer, but to to brave your first winter, man, you just can't really think about it. You know, you just go out there. You know, going out to Syracuse just had a hoodie, right? No winter jacket, barely owned any <laughs> pants. So you you kind of just take it as you go and uh, you you chalk it up as part of the college experience. But uh, it was definitely but now a living, now you're living, experience.
0: but now you're living in it. So now now you've got a little bit more preparedness, but any any tips for that living in a big city with with the cold living in the big city in the cold I don't know you just i think after a couple of years, you just kind
1: of get used to it um it, you know now it's so it's not as bad in New York City as Syracuse, so now you know I feel like I've already prepared myself for for the hardest part in terms of winters and snow, so I feel like at this point it's kind of only up from from here. But um, you definitely go. got to move a little faster here, here in in the in the city.
0: Your <laughs> your uh, your walks uh, are a little bit more brisk per se.
1: Yeah, I mean it's funny. I go I go home now, and and my family is just like, why are you moving so fast? Like, are you mad? Are you aggressive? Like, why are you just you know, you never kind of wait in in a stop walk? Um, so you <laughs> know you don't really realize these these habits um, that that you pick up through the years, but Um, yeah I've been I've been told by by my parents that I'm not as not as friendly as I once was so I guess I've picked up some New York in me along the way
0: well nonetheless it's uh, it's been great talking to you Uh, really enjoyed hearing about your experience what you're doing with USA basketball at the league office and and ultimately um, excited to see what what the future holds as well and